0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to the Meg's podcast. I am your host Meg Revis, and joining me today again is my husband Logan, helping me co-host this very special episode. I guess "special" is the right word, right?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. It uh, we probably overused that, but uh, it's uh, we're, we're not just we're not just uh, trying to hype up our episode here this I guess that's the right word uh it's a I was
0: yeah I was trying to think of what the appropriate word would be it's not like it's an exciting I guess it's more just that it's something very near to our heart maybe
1: yeah yeah it's a it's a very uh um I mean it's difficult it's um that's sad it's uh but it's It's real life and it's a part of our story. And so, anyway.
0: So, we wanted to share it with you guys. Um, Before I jump into the episode too, too much, I do want to thank you guys so much for listening to the Meg's podcast. And I want to thank all of our new followers on social media. Thank you guys for going out there and liking and commenting and sharing all of our posts. If you aren't currently following us, that would be awesome, cool, if you would. You can find us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at The Megs Podcast. So um, yeah, it's kind of, maybe intense isn't even the right word. I was fixing to say that too. It's just going to be one of those episodes, like Logan said, where we just want to be kind of real and honest and a little bit raw with you guys. And this episode, me and Logan talked beforehand. We're not going to edit it out unless... (laughs) <laughs> unless something unless really we, crazy.
1: Unless we have to uh, recant those words and edit, edit it. But, <laughs> and edit uh, it. The hope is to go completely unedited. Yeah. Direc- director's cut here. Here we go. There you go.
0: I like that. That's much better. A director's cut. Um. So for us, April has our, my side of the family. April has a very significant The month of April is very significant to us. It has a lot of um, emotional ties, and um, it's just important and special, too. Um, And I will get to why the month of April is that way. But really, the start of the story um, happened, is it seven or eight years ago?
1: It was eight years ago.
0: So um, we're going to take you guys back a little bit. Um, And it was actually December of 2013 is where I want to kind of start the story from me and Logan's perspective. Uh, But it really involves um, my brother, Ben, my sister-in-law, Megan, who y'all know because she co-hosted season one and season two with me, Um, and then their son, Bennett, he was there, um, back in 2013, he was their youngest son and, um, we're going to kind of, it was just a few days before Christmas. And Logan, do you remember where we were when this all kind of
1: yeah. started? Yeah, we were, we were at my mom's. Uh, it was the, it was the one, one time we all could get together. And so, and kind of do Christmas together um, with my mom and so we were I think we had just sat down to dinner really
0: Um, isn't it crazy how I can there are so many vivid things that I remember about that night that I won't ever forget but then there's parts of the story chunks of time that I don't remember so there's things that I won't have and Somewhat silly things that I won't ever forget. But then big chunks of time also seem gone to me, like I don't remember them either. Um, but yes, Logan's right. We were at his mom's house. We were celebrating Christmas with his side of the family, um, brothers, uh, sister in laws, nieces, nephews. We were all over there. We were going to exchange gifts, but we had just sat down to dinner. And I heard my phone ring from the other room. And I was embarrassed that I hadn't put it on silent. So I got up, like, excused myself quickly from the table, got up, got my phone. And I saw that it was my dad. And you know how you can push the button to like send them straight to voicemail. And I did that. And I remember thinking, I was kind of annoyed because I had talked to my parents earlier that day. They knew exactly where I was going to be that night. And I, th- I remember thinking, he knows where I'm at. Like how rude to interrupt like Logan's family time. And I sent him straight to voicemail. And he, before I got back to the table, he called again. And I'm ashamed to say I sent him to voicemail again. And I was like, what is with my dad? Like he, how rude he knows where I'm at. And um, I sent him to voicemail again. And so that was the second time. The third time I was sitting down and he immediately called again. And then I knew. I was like, okay, something's wrong. He wouldn't do that. And I actually thought that something was wrong with my grandma, his mom. Me mama is her name. That's what we called her. So I thought he was calling to tell me that something had happened to me mama. And so I excuse myself from the table and I go back to um, one of the bedrooms and I call him back, fully expecting him to be like, hey, again, something's happened to me, mama, blah, 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 blah. So I call him back and it stops ringing. So I know he's picked up. And this is where I will get choked up, Logan. (laughs) But I couldn't hear anything on the other end of the line. Except, um, I could hear my dad sobbing, like just crying like a and i my dad's a crier like me, that's where I get it from. Me and him can cry at the drop of a hat, um, we just feel really deep a lot of times, but this wasn't like his usual cry. It's almost a cry that I haven't ever heard and I said, Dad, Dad, what's wrong? And all he could muster up, he was crying so hard. All he could muster up to say was, It's Bennett. And I'm not joking. In that moment, I literally fell to my knees. He didn't say another word, but I knew, like in my gut somewhere, this isn't good. What it, obviously it's not good, but it's really, really, really bad and i and i've not there aren't many times in my life where I've like immediately just dropped to my knees, like felt the wind knocked out of my stomach, like couldn't breathe, couldn't speak, and he I said, "Dad, dad," and he said he kind of gathered himself. And he said they found a large mass on Bennett's liver. They're 99% sure that it's cancer. And then after that moment, I really don't remember everything else he said. I don't remember how long we talked on the phone. I'm sure, Logan, you know, because you were back in the other room. I couldn't breathe, I couldn't catch my breath. I knew that I couldn't call my brother or Megan um, at that moment because they were at the hospital with tons of doctors talking to them. There wasn't much for me to do. I just, I think in that moment, that's probably the most helpless that I've felt about the whole situation in that, in the whole span of our story and journey. I think that moment might be the moment where it just, well, I guess they're now thinking about the whole story. There's many others where you, where I felt that way too. But, um, I, I, and Logan, I don't remember how long was I even gone back in the bedroom for that? I really only remember the very first part of my conversation with my dad. I won't ever forget it. I,
1: I mean, it was, you were gone a while and I had gone to check on you and obviously something was horribly wrong. Um, and, you know, but I, you're, there's the kind of shock of the moment. Um, and then, you know, the, you start, as your brain starts kind of turning again, and, you know, you start trying to put some thoughts together. You're trying to get more information, and there, there really wasn't any. Um, A whole lot, right. And, and so, for, the,
0: for our listeners out there who haven't listened to Megan's version or or not version, Megan's story in season one, just to give you guys a little bit of context. um, Bennett was 18 months old and um, she had felt a little knot on his um, tummy when she was giving him a bath Um, enough that it concerned her enough, even though it was a a day or two before Christmas. She said, Ben, I'm going to take him in. I just need to get this checked out. And so, and I think it was, it was evening because it was evening when we got the phone call. So, um, so he's a baby. They go to the hospital, get him checked out, do the scans and find out that he has, uh, at this point in time, it was the size of a grapefruit was the mass on his liver. And it was intertwined, uh, if I am remembering correctly, um, where they were Already, kind of saying right away, it's inoperable. Those were words we were hearing, right? It's so long at eight years ago. That's so long I don't, ago.
1: I don't remember that part, but I remember there was, you know, they uh, they were in Lafayette, Louisiana. Um, you know, they uh, were part of a pretty good sized church there where he uh, Ben was on staff, and um, I, you know, I, I remember there, you know, there was a lot. I mean, obviously that this was. I mean, they, they, they find something like this and it's not like, well, let's just uh, give it a day or a week and see what happens. I mean, they, I mean, it was kind of like mission critical from the get go. And so they were immediately assembling a team of surgeons and specialists and, you know, oncologists and pediatric oncologists down there in Southern Louisiana. Um, and so I remember kind of hearing stories about that, but then somebody at his church, um, actually came up to him and said, uh, that I believe is, uh, was a doctor himself and um, said, you know, look, I mean, there's a lot of great doctors here um, and I'm sure they're putting together a great plan. Um, But if this was, uh, if this was my grandchild, I would, I would have him on the first plane to Memphis uh, to get him to St. Jude children's research hospital. And so uh, that kind of started the, and I think the idea, I, I think kind of, had been mentioned, maybe, or you know, the idea we uh, they were aware of St. Jude, um, you know, we were aware of it. I mean,
0: we I, I had said it was actually, I think, not long. So the doctor had said this to Ben, and then I guess not long after I texted him, but he said he had heard from several people that I was one of several people that said. You should look at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Um, so me and Logan had heard of St. Jude for years because I had heard the radiothon. Um, and I think I made you sign up to be a monthly donor, right?
1: Yeah, I was like uh, you, we were, we were young. dating, we were, yeah, and I think me and my Friends were playing basketball. And I was like, sobbing
0: in the car, in my truck. Yeah,
1: and you're like, like listening. and yeah. Like, so,
0: so many many years before Bennett's story, the one that we're telling you about, when me and Logan were dating, my frame of reference for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital was hearing about it on a radio thought, a country music station back in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Um, hearing it on a radiothon, sobbing to every story that I heard. I sign up to be a monthly donor. We didn't have a pot to pee in. We were young and dating or maybe engaged at that time. Didn't have a penny to our name, but I was signing up to be a monthly donor. And then I called Logan and I made him.
1: You were sign there. Up. You showed up and you like interrupted the game. Like, I mean, it, it was like, Okay. I'll, I'll do that. it. I'll do it. <laughs> but anyway, when, we I, become, that, when I, I become,
0: when I become passionate about something, yes. I, so,
1: um, so we, we were aware of it. Um, so we you know, knew
0: about I, the hospital and we knew that it was an incredible place where this was the best of the best for pediatric cancer. And that was about the extent of our knowledge of the hospital and that you know, many moons ago we were donors. So
1: within, you know, within a couple of days, I mean, you got to remember, uh, Christmas is sandwiched in all of this. And, uh, so, uh, within a couple of days, uh, after Christmas, I mean, they were on a plane, uh, heading to Memphis and, um, and yeah, I mean, getting checked in and, and like, I mean, and, from all, all reports, it was kind of like you would imagine in the movies. It was basically like, you know, this team of doctors standing by waiting. Um, and uh, they immediately went into, I mean, the, one, it was just trying to actually diagnose it. It was, was difficult because it turned out to be such a rare uh, form of cancer. And,
0: and aggressive. Uh, very, yeah. very, very aggressive. And,
1: you know, and, and honestly, I, I mean... Uh, you know, Ben and Megan did I, I, how they did it. I don't know. Um, but you know, because they had young kids, um, he was the youngest at the time, but you know, trying to juggle life and, um, uh, you know, back and forth between Memphis and Lafayette. And, you know, so I, I, I got the impression that every bit of news that was coming, you know, that was coming, coming out was, um, was bad news like it was always the it just kinda... they
0: always would end kind of a conversation with um, one of two things uh, we would get a lot of it via text because um, it's too hard to say out loud you know and you don't want to say it multiple times we are a big family and I can't even imagine having to like relay some of the awful things that were being told to them so um we got a lot of the information rightfully so i i completely understand via text and they would either end it by saying you know we're just not ready to talk about it right now you know we just need some time and space to process everything please just continue to pray or um please don't google this
1: yeah and i think the the but the vibe that came from them, for the most part, was really positive. And, oh, my and, gosh. You know, and, they were so, so
0: positive. I can't, and and
1: you their know.
0: blog, they had a, a whole blog that they did throughout this journey, too. It was very therapeutic, I think, for both of them, the blogging and the writing and the journaling. Um, and it was also a way to um, get mass communication out there because they had so many people, family, right. friends... Tons of people back in Texas, tons of people in Louisiana, tons of people in Florida because they had lived in Florida before this too. So really nationwide, they had a really large support group. And I hope that during this whole time that they felt that, that they felt all that love and support and encouragement.
1: I'm sure it was hard to feel much of anything. I I would imagine you're in some sort of a daze, but... uh, That's
0: how I feel. Like the... All of those months, I, as just an aunt, I felt that way, that I was just going through every day, like in this fog, in this daze, like I can remember standing in the middle of Target, just holding onto a shopping cart. We had just gotten some, like you said, it was like bad news after bad news, but we had just gotten some more bad news. We were waiting for an update or a scan on something, and I was standing in target. I didn't have a thing in my basket, and I couldn't even think what aisle to go down because all I wanted to do was like life was happening all around me. You know, people, they were just dropping in their everyday life was going on. And I remember having this moment where I was like, I just want to yell at the top of my lungs, like, my nephew's dying. Like, can we talk about that? Like, like in this moment right here, I know I'm in Target, but this is what's happening in my life. Like, I just wanted to shout it. It's like this weird emotional roller coaster, and then this bog that you're going through. And we had two young girls, and and I was working too. And
1: yeah, I can I, mean, was- rem-
0: I can't even remember how we fully told. Audrey, Haley Bell was kind of a baby. Um, She's yeah. only three months different in age from Bennett. Um, no, four, four months. Is it four months?
1: <laughs> four I months. I believe so, yeah. But yeah, and, I think you're right. It Well, look, we it, nobody knows how to do this. Nobody knows how to process this kind of stuff. And, you know, and we're... You're you're getting information as you can, you know, as it comes available, and you know, again, it was always bad, but you know, we never really understood exactly what was going on. I don't think, uh, you know, uh, just kind of a general sense of everything. And um, but, but that
0: was okay. I I do I, I want to be honest because we said we we're going to be honest and kind of raw. Um, and this isn't this this is something that I have I've talked to Megan about, and it's not. It's not anything bad, but I'm just being honest. In those initial days, I think there was a little bit of frustration just because we didn't
1: know exactly
0: what was going on, all the things going on. But then as we got farther into it, I think I started realizing if I'm putting myself in their shoes, I wouldn't want to talk about it either yeah, i wouldn't want to I, jump I, on the phone with every family member and like give them the ins and outs and all the yeah, awful and
1: I, I don't, details I, I feel like you're you're taking my, my saying we didn't really know what was going on as some sort of criticism and it's not oh, i'm just no, no, trying no, no, to no. explain just the general feeling like you you, right. you understand that you're not privy to all the information and we're trying to you know at the same time yeah i mean i they said, don't Google it. And so we stayed, we tried to steer clear of that. And, you know, we didn't try to second guess anything. I mean, look, it was right. just, but look, I mean, life's busy. I mean, no matter what else is going on and, um, you know, and so they had kind of they, settled into a, you know, a treatment plan and stuff. And then, um, he
0: started chemo, aggressive chemo,
1: right. Uh, right then, away. But then, you know, again, their life, was moving forward too and uh because I, I believe their oldest was in kindergarten and so they were trying to make that happen um and so they you know they were they were switching off weeks of uh one being um down in lafayette while the other one was there with bennett and you know and then they'd switch and um and then a, a, about a month then uh, you actually uh, they, they started reaching out to family to see if they could help um, because it's, it's not really something that could be like a one, one person there with no. them type thing. It, they needed at least a second person there. And so, so
0: up at St. Jude, well, you know, the nurses and everybody's up there, the doctors, nurses, the staff, all of them are beyond amazing. Um, they were living in the Grizzly house, which was on campus. Um, but there weren't nurses in the necessarily in the Grizzly House, so um, you know he had. We had to. There was medicine that you have to help him take. There's ports you have to make sure that are clean. Um, well, I mean, was think just about Generally this. uncomfortable. It's so, hard. like, if, if somebody needed to go, I, I'm just being real. Even if somebody needed to just go to the use the restroom, you need to make sure somebody was with with I, Bennett. It's so. hard to
1: it's hard to take care of a toddler uh, that's perfectly healthy by yourself like right. 24/7. I mean, uh, yes. this was so I mean that's that's the reality here is I mean there was this insane schedule of of treatment and, you know, and back and forth and and by the way, I mean, you know, these are not treatments that you come back feeling great from and, you know, this is a this is a he's not even two yet. So, I mean, communication is still limited. It's, I mean, there's just, it's not like you can just be like, Hey, tell me how you're feeling. What can I do for you? I mean, it's just, it was a lot. I mean, and I think that's what you realized when you went up there was, you know, I don't
0: think I did until I got up there, but I got to go to St. Jude. And so this is a whole other part of like my story, our, me and Logan's story. Um, because there are probably a handful of moments that I can point back to that were like life-changing for me, you know, like becoming a mom, getting married to you, you know, where like you will forever remember this moment. And and like when you're in it, you know, this is changing who I am. Like this is changing a part of my heart. And it was just life-changing for me this week that I got to spend um, helping care for Bennett and be there for my brother. So I was up there with Ben and Megan got to go back to uh, Lafayette and see Davis and read her um, other two kiddos who she'd been missing greatly. So that's another gut-wrenching part of the whole story was just for a while there they were apart as a family. And as a mom, you're just, your heart is torn into two different places. You know, like how do you be two places at once? Um, So I got to go up to the hospital and be with Ben and Bennett. And um the hospital itself is like nothing. It's like no other hospital I've ever been to. I tell Logan and when I, Told the story the first few years, I used the words that it felt like to me, like you were like almost walking on holy ground. I just had this sense that nobody had to tell me it was a special place. I was watching it with my own eyes, feeling it. Um, I knew that he was deeply cared for, and the best of the best were taking care of him. Um, For those of you listening that don't know, what I got to learn about St. Jude that week that I was there is they don't um, send a bill to the family for any of the treatment. Um, They don't send a bill for housing. They take care of travel expenses. Um, So treatment, travel, housing, food, they take care of food. Um, I don't know of another hospital. Maybe there is out there. I hope there is. They are doing this right. I hope there's other places out there like this, but I don't know of one. They are doing this right. The way that they not only care for the patient, but also the family, far beyond the four walls of just, you know, the treatment and, and what's happening in the doctor's rooms and then the surgical centers past all those walls they continue taking care of the family did i miss like the yeah, main no, it's been I mean, it's, it... it's been a couple of years since i've talked about everything no, i think
1: i think you just you, you know and you you do know there's other hospitals to, but not that treat pediatric oh. cancer and so i mean that that do it this way but i mean but the, this was the um this was just the amazing thing it was like seeing this i think you can only be painted a picture and, you know, and, and they do a great job. Like I said, I, you know, going back to the, the radio thons and all that. I mean, they really do. I, but I've always told everybody because, um, you know, when I was on campus there, it's just, you do get that vibe that there's just something really different about it. And, um, and it really is incredible. And I, I would encourage anybody. I mean, it's right off of I-40 there in downtown Memphis. And so if you're ever, um, around and I know it seems like a weird thing, like you're gonna, you know, <laughs> stop and tour a hospital. But if you're there, I mean, it, it's really worth it. It's if just you're an incredible there place. In Memphis,
0: you can set up. There's ways that you can set up. Well, I, I it's probably during, different now. I was going to say but. during COVID times, I, I don't know. So
1: these things may not work as well as they used to, but they do tours. And so during normal times, and I'm sure was, you
0: can even do like a virtual tour if you go to their website. Um, but anyway, St. It, it just tours really
1: is it's just an incredible place. And, and so I, I didn't really know what to expect from you coming home. Um, you know, we had talked throughout the week. I mean, I, not a lot cause I, you were really he busy. Was, we
0: were quarantined, um, right. for the first few days because he had tested positive for, um, the flu. And, um, so, you know, all of these other patients, these kiddos fighting, they, because of the treatment, they have immunocompromised systems. And so Bennett couldn't even be around any other patients or families. And so Ben and him had actually been um, quarantined and isolated for a few days, even before I got there. And um, that was a whole experience too. Now actually thinking back you know, what quarantine was like way back then. And then what we just went through the last, you know, couple of years. But, um, these are things these kids were facing a a long time ago. If you're, you know, a cancer patient, you know, all about quarantining is not a new thing for you. Um, but they were quarantined. And so we did isolation for, um, a day or two, and then they tested him and he was testing negative negative. And we got to go to the cafe, the K cafe, and we celebrated um, being out of quarantine in the cafe. Um, But he wasn't feeling real good. He barely slept. Um, Sorry, I'm going to get choked up again.
1: Um, It's just heartbreaking. I mean, one
0: like one special memory that I have of that week being there is, um, he wanted to sleep on me. He wouldn't sleep in the crib for Ben. He didn't sleep real well in the bed with Ben. And I knew Ben was just like, oh, he was so exhausted. He just needed some sleep. And so, um, I think it hurt him at the time. His tummy was so big. It had gotten, the tumor had grown so much. He looked like a little pregnant, lady um and so I had to kind of sit myself up in the bed and keep him propped up but he just laid on me like I just slept most of the nights with him laying on me and um like just like holding that precious baby
1: well and it had been difficult for us um because they were living so far away I mean we were in Dallas they were in Lafayette um you know we we had just had Haley when, and, you know, and Megan was way pregnant with Bennett. And so we, we had a lot going on. Um, and so we hadn't gotten to spend a whole lot of time with Bennett. And so, um, that, that was another thing that was really hard was like, I mean, I felt like I I had just finally gotten to meet him at Thanksgiving, um, right before all of this, like, and, you know, um, but I know, that time was so special for you and um in a lot of ways and and so yeah
0: I mean I I think it was life-changing because of this connection this deep connection that I felt you know in um in a passion for what they were doing at the hospital for not just Ben and Megan and Bennett but for all the patients like that spoke to my heart in such a deep way. So not only was it life changing that way, but then it just was a week packed full of just like little special moments that I got to have with my brother and my nephew. And um, like, I am forever grateful. I don't know who paid for my plane ticket to this day. Hand to God. I don't know who paid for my plane ticket, um, but somebody did. And, um, like, I just am forever grateful for that because at the time, you know, like Logan said, we had, we had had Haley and we were both working. We're just making ends meet. We didn't have a lot of extra cash, but I knew I wanted to go and help and I knew I could, I was capable. So I'm very appreciative to whoever made that donation or that sweet gift for me to be able to go up there and. Um, fly to see them. So, um, I came back from Memphis. Um, and <laughs> I mean, from the minute I walked off of the plane, I don't think I stopped talking about the hospital. Right? Is that how you would say that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it. Yeah, you just were going on and on and on and. Um, You know, and the, the same that just this was this consistent, constant mantra. of We have to do something. We have to do something to help this place. I mean, um, it
0: wasn't really in my mind at the time. It wasn't really an option to not do something. I think I was kind of asking you, but I wasn't really asking you. I was going to probably do it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, No I I was picking up on that. But like you said, I mean, it's not like we had a pile of money laying around to do something with. And so it was kind of like, all right, well, what do you kind of have in mind? And you you were just sort of like, I I don't know. I just I mean, I don't care if it's just like a like a barbecue fundraiser. So she's like, we just we've got to do something. And
0: I knew I needed to come back and I wanted to be a part of helping the next family that had to walk through those doors, like living it out, knowing what a nightmare that was, but that how St. Jude helped make it feel better. Um, I knew I wanted to be a part of the solution and a part of whatever they were doing there. And I had a voice and I was gonna do whatever I could. I was going to talk to whoever would listen to me, and I'm not joking, and Logan can probably attest to this. I even talked to strangers about it. If somebody was willing to sit and listen for a few minutes, I was going to tell them about this hospital, and I was going to tell them about how I was trying to plan something, some kind of event or fundraiser to help raise money so that other families could benefit from this amazing hospital, also, and um, I think I got a lot of just kind of like, okay, you know, those pats on the back, like, oh gosh, she's she's really going through it, like, and just kind of like those, like the pity, the the pity, oh, like, a
1: little bit of yeah. At. Yeah, it's
0: I think some people did really
1: patronizing. Treat me. It's, I mean, right. But again, look, it's it, <clears throat> you didn't have a real clear vision yet. You just knew you wanted to do something, and so right. I mean, I think I think you had in your heart trying to do something big, but you had no idea how you know. Because again, I didn't it's know not how like- to pull
0: it off. Like in my mind, in my mind, in my heart, I wanted to do something really really big and I always had a vision for something really big but in reality I knew realistically like we've mentioned again me and Logan didn't have money like we didn't come from a whole lot of money like we don't we didn't have money so there was this like also realistic part of me that's like okay well how is that going to happen how am I going to do something really huge or really big for this hospital we don't have a whole lot of money. So I didn't really quite know how I was going to pull it all off or put it all together. Um, but I wasn't going to stop talking about it. And so I had, um, eventually kept talking to and talked to friends, good friends of ours, good close family friends of ours. And, um, and we have a pretty big close friend group. Um, but, out of that group, there were five that grew into a way bigger group, but that first started out was, um, it was myself and my friend, um, Elise, my friend Brooke and my friend Jennifer. And am I forgetting somebody in that early, the first year st-
1: I think Day- that was the I think it was committee. it it was um, four. Yeah, there were lots of people that were supportive of the idea. Oh yeah, but, that
0: that helped kind um, of in ins in and out, but that first uh, year.
1: I think. Am I missing also, something? No, I think I just think it's just think it was really interesting because it's one of those, um, you know, lots of people have big ideas, and um, you know, lots of people can even get people other people interested in those big ideas. But I, mean, I just think there was something that um, was just really kind of. I think God was with you, like, I mean, it was just was kind of, you know, the people, you were hitting people at the right time in their life, and, you know, the, they were on board and excited to be a part of it, and, um, you know, and they just, all, all these people just kind of jumped in and were like, just full steam ahead with you and and to your credit I mean you gave them somewhere to go like I mean you didn't just uh, kind of like after a week or so be like oh, okay well you know the kids got sick and you know there's a lot going on so maybe, yeah you just kept pushing and they were there with you and it was great it was really exciting
0: so I got a hold of um, kind of a regional office in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Um St. Jude has a fundraising arm called Alsac. And so I met with some really great people um over there and they said, yeah, uh we think a, you know, I hadn't brought up a barbecue or a little get together um because again still in my mind I'm trying and envisioning something really big um and they said yeah we think a backyard barbecue would be great just let us know how much you raise and you know we'll we'll get in touch we'll figure out you know we'll tell you how to get those funds over to us and I was like no
1: (laughs) well yeah I don't think what they realized was where where your head was going and then also the girls that that had jumped on board with you. Like nobody was thinking small anymore. And so that, that train had left the station. I think
0: that's, I think that that's what I also really appreciated about my friends that I just mentioned that helped start this whole thing was, it wasn't like any of them were like, Oh Meg, like honey, we know you have like a big heart, but we don't think you can, we don't think we can pull that off. Like that's not happening. No, I'm, they were so supportive, so encouraging. They were on board, like they got the vision behind behind it all too. And yeah, like you said, we we weren't about throwing some yeah, you, small. You, you guys little... had already
1: pretty much decided, y'all y'all wanted like uh, at this point, y'all. I mean, it, it took y'all all of I think a couple hours of conversation to settle on. You know, dinner gala, uh, and so it was uh, gala.
0: You know what? This should be a whole other episode topic. Saying things different. Uh, so I say gala. You say gala. Right?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll okay. make a Anywho. list. We'll make a I list. Know. But yeah. I so, know. so we that digress. was we had uh, we had moved well, well beyond uh, backyard barbecues at this and point. So,
0: and and again, I think that um, the Dallas. LSAC team that I was working with at that time they were so sweet and nice but they kind of did that the same like okay like well you know. I'm
1: sure every time they do a radiothon uh, they probably get an influx of calls of like I oh, want to do something I, I'm gonna we I, I've got the biggest ideas and you know and that's their job is it. to foster that but at the right. same time you also have to be realistic and they realize that a lot of times those kind of peter out and never turn into anything
0: I I didn't take any offense to it. Again, I knew I sounded crazy. Um, And when we started the event, um, we were planning it, you know, as a um, fundraising, you know, for Bennett and other patients. Um, And this was all happening the end of the end of G- the very end of January, it was Super Bowl Sunday, so maybe early February. So we're talking like in a month's time, all of February um, and then into March. I well, had started planning this event and the ball was rolling and we had set a date. And, what yeah, we well and despite
1: to. despite the bad news we'd been getting on Bennett, I mean, we were still talking like a much we were still talking about you know, things that were gonna be going on in the fall, you know, with his treatment and, you know, so pretty far out. Um and so yeah, I think the original date had been set um, you know, um a little bit further out and and then, so but then, then this brings us
0: I know. So this brings us to kind of our second visit to the hospital, which happened in April. So that's why this this is the special episode happening in April and Thank you so much for listening to part one of episode five. We had to break it up into two parts um, because we wanted to make sure we could tell you guys the whole story. So you can go and download part two right now. Thanks so much.